up, y'all, and welcome to the Jack Vita Show. I'm your host, Jack Vita, back in action. Today is Thursday, September 17th, 2020. Thrilled to have you all joining me today, and also thrilled to have a couple of awesome guests joining me in a little bit. I will have Jason Karras and Peter Funk, both from Valparaiso Men's Basketball Program. They're both on staff, and we will be talking about the NBA We haven't talked NBA in a while, but we're heading into the conference finals. The East finals have already started. The West finals are going to start here pretty soon. We'll also get into some other stuff, probably talk a little bit about the Big Ten starting back up in college football, and we'll see where else this takes us. Probably talk a little bit about the greatest kids show of the 2000s bracket here at the start. Before I bring in the guests, though, I have some exciting news to share with you all. The Jack Vita Show has its first affiliate sponsor, CBS All Access, the streaming service, will now be backing the podcast, which means that you will hear several plugs for CBS All Access from me in the future. But let me give you a little bit of one here. First, I just want to say this is really an awesome day in the history of this podcast and the history of my website, just to have a sponsor to begin with. I'm really excited about that. It means that I can make a little money off of doing this stuff. And hopefully you guys will enjoy their service as well. Anytime that you sign up at CBS All Access, you can go to jackvita.com slash CBS or click one of the ad banners on the homepage of my website or wherever you see them on my website. I'm in the process of putting them up. It may take a little while, but there are a couple on the homepage of the site. Whenever you sign up for CBS All Access, the one-week free trial, whenever you do it through my site, my links that I provide, uh, money is provided to me for my services. So it's a pretty sweet deal for everyone. CBS gets some new subscribers. I get some money, and you guys get to enjoy a really awesome streaming service. It's $5.99 a month. They just added over 70 properties from Viacom. That means MTV, Nickelodeon, CMT, Spike, Comedy Central, 70 plus shows from those networks now making their way to CBS. Paramount movies should be coming pretty soon. They're in the process of adding a lot of shows. If you've been enjoying this kids show bracket, You can catch some of the shows from the bracket on CBS All Access. They have Rugrats, SpongeBob, Fairly Odd Parents, Avatar The Last Airbender. You can binge any of those shows in their entirety. Cat Dog, another one. They're going to add some more, as I've been told. So I'm excited to see what else they add. You can watch live sports, live CBS. So if you don't have cable, this is a way maybe you can watch your local NFL team play on Sundays. And for all of the reality TV lovers, I know some of you listen to this podcast are big fans of Survivor, Big Brother, The Challenge on MTV. All of those shows, they have every single, well, not every season of The Challenge, but they have about 25 seasons of The Challenge. They have every season of Big Brother, every season of Survivor. If you want access to the Big Brother live feeds right now, you can. So jackvita.com slash CBS, jackvita.com slash CBS. They have a rich library of CBS original shows. 
and classic shows. So there are some shows that they've created just for CBS All Access. You can only watch them on CBS All Access. And in addition to that, they have many of the classic shows from the network on there in their entirety. They're continuing to boost that library as we speak. $5.99 a month. Sign up today and get one week free trial. See if you want to stick with it or if you want to cancel it. But I hope you will join me. Exciting time for the podcast. Really awesome time to have them partnering up with us. And I don't think they're going to regret it. Thank you all for supporting the show to get us to the point where we can have advertisements. And I promise that my ad plugs won't be as long as this one today. But I had to get this news out to you all because I'm very excited about it. So without much further ado, let's get to the action today. Let's bring in today's guest. We have first a guy who's joined me a couple times over the last, uh, actually three three times over the last year. He spoke NBA offseason, which feels like, Peter, when we did that NBA offseason, I keep forgetting when that was because the season has been extended for so long. This is Peter Funk, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, thanks for having me, Jack. I, I think it was like, I want to say August, even like a little before then, before now. So yeah, you're right. It does feel kind of weird. Like uh, we were hitting on all the offseason moves and, and, and now the season's rolling on ahead, you know? Yeah, it was July of last year. And I keep yeah, forgetting, crazy. was it this year or last year? Because I think about the content matter and it's like, oh yeah, it was for this NBA season. But why would we be talking about that in July of last year? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> then we previewed yeah, no. the regular season and you joined me for Sports Jeopardy a few months ago. Oh yeah, that was a blast. That was a lot of fun. I, I was pretty I was pretty bad though. You were much better at it than I was. <laughs> I, I think you finished second though. Well, that's just because Connor was terrible. So <laughs> <laughs> I really just, you know, I just had to had to beat him out. Well, I'm glad to have you joining me once again to talk some NBA tonight. And let's bring in another guy who's uh, very near and dear to my heart and to this show, uh, Jason Karras, who's actually Peter's roommate. Jason, how are you? What's up, Jack? I'm doing pretty good. Jason formerly discussed. The Incredibles with me. That was 2018. 2019, we talked Toy Story 4. 2020, Jason's moving into the world of sports. He's ready to talk some NBA tonight. Oh, yeah. And I have to say, my favorite podcast of yours of all time was the Sports Jeopardy. That was a fun, that was a fun one. You guys got to do another one. All right, yeah. Great job, by the way, by Anthony France. I hope he's listening. He's a regular listener of the show. He organized that. He hosted that. And he wants to do Sports Jeopardy Part 2. So we're going to have to make that happen. I'm all about it. Big fan. So funny that we should mention you guys are roommates and you are joining this podcast from two different rooms. That's right. It's for for sound sound effect yes. audio purposes. The acoustics in the apartment just don't. You know, we want to make sure <laughs> your, your show sounds good, Jack. You know, absolutely, yeah. So, all right, let's get into it. We got so much to talk about today, guys. This kids show bracket, the best kids show of the two thousands, 
This has been open now for this is our fifth week of voting. It's been a lot of fun, and we are down now to our final two shows. It's SpongeBob versus Drake and Josh. Your immediate reaction to seeing this bracket, Peter? You know, it's, you know, when you got those two shows in the final. You know, it's hard to go wrong um, with SpongeBob and Drake and Josh. You know, I think I think a couple shows got got snubbed along the way. Um, you know, I thought that's we Life of Zack and Cody w- was a better show, and I think the bracket gave it credit for. Um, <laughs> but when you put SpongeBob and, and Drake and Josh in the finals, you know, it's pretty accurate of what what the two thousands were like. You know, for sure. What do you think, Jason? Um, yeah, you know, I can't say I'm surprised. Drake and Josh and SpongeBob are like, if we're comparing this to NCAA basketball, those are like the real blue blood shows. Yeah. There, like they're expected to be there, hundred percent classics. I would have liked to see a little dark horse action get to the final four i thought the whole fo- the final four was pretty uh pretty standard what everybody loved but i didn't know that originally avatar was in the discussion which is interesting because it's getting some newfound popularity getting added to netflix so i thought that might that might have made a run but i guess not that would have been my pick also on cbs all access jason there you go that's actually <laughs> what i meant to say that so- to the sponsor if you want to watch Avatar, go to jackvita.com slash CBS. See what I did there, guys? <laughs> well done. Are you a big Avatar guy, Jason? Yeah, I was when it uh, came out. I was I watched all of them as they, uh, as they came out, except I might have like outgrown it when the third season came. But now that it's like being uh, re-released, I'm like re-watching all of them remembering all the stuff like it's a it's a great show it's like deeper than i even remember there's some real substance to it and now the third season is wrapping things up and i'm i'm about halfway through the third season so yeah, it's one of my favorite shows right now so avatar actually tied with hey arnold it was an even split it was like 67 to 67 or 68 to 68 and in the event of a tie i cast a tiebreaker vote and Ooh. by voting for Hey Arnold, I ticked off a lot of Avatar fans. It, it's pretty funny to see some of the outrage that uh, some of the things people have <laughs> written about me since. <laughs> you can't. You, you got to everybody. You know. <laughs> what was that, Jason? I said that's a show that people get behind, but I, I can't even be mad at it. Hey Arnold is a, is a classic as well. I think it's interesting with Avatar, as I've kind of noticed. First of all. It has such a passionate fan base. It's kind of a cult-like show. I mean, I think you guys would agree. It wasn't a huge, major, popular show. It only lasted for three years, at least in its initial run. But it's picked up a lot of momentum over the years, and the fans of the show are extremely dedicated. It's very similar to these reality shows that I watch, where I know that not everyone watches Survivor, but I've seen every season of Survivor. But I think what's interesting is it seems that a lot of the Avatar fans lack that perspective and that understanding Mm -hmm. that, like, yeah, it's not, like, while it's an awesome show and while we're all behind it, not it's not as major as some of these other shows like SpongeBob that's been on for 25 years. It's true. What I would say is, like, it hit a weird generation. Like, you start with, like, SpongeBob is older, Drake and Josh is older, like, when I started watching, when Avatar came out, I was maybe, like, late elementary school, early middle school, 
people started switching over to ESPN from <laughs> from Nickelodeon and Disney, and I was still on that Nickelodeon phase, so I was all in. But I could see how you might have missed that train. But yeah, I guess overall it wasn't as successful as the other shows, anyways. But I think it's partly a timing thing. I wrote about in my column when I was writing up the recaps for these matchups. I stayed at the Nickelodeon Hotel in Orlando. You guys remember that thing? No. I don't remember that either. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. They used to have ads oh, is for that it. What, is that what they did the the, slime, the uh, sliming on? Like, yeah. What was that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. What yeah. was that Nickelodeon game show, game show, though? Oh, there were a lot of them. There's Slime Time Live, okay. Double Dare, right. Legend of the right, Hidden right. Temple. Anyway, when I stayed there, it was there was not a lot of Avatar representation compared to a lot of these other shows. And so, yeah. But hey, Avatar did a good job going out to Hey Arnold. That's Hey Arnold, another one. Lost just barely to Arthur in the Elite Eight. Arthur's Dang. a big time show though. Oh yeah. I don't know how that slipped through. What did you guys watch Arthur? Yeah. Oh most definitely. <laughs> oh dang! All right, I didn't watch that. It's what, a number what one seed. That even on? What was that, Jason? I said, "What channel was that even?" On? PBS. Yeah. Okay. Well, that is not one of my big three. I'm Cartoon <laughs> Network, Disney, Nickelodeon. So, I was out of the loop on that one. Arthur's also now approaching year 25 now, I believe. Quite it's a run. It's still in the air. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Good for them. Yeah. It's been on for a very long time. Peter, what was your favorite Arthur memory? Favorite character, favorite uh, song, episode? Anything come to mind when you think of... What's the first thing you I think mean, of I when was, you think of Arthur? The first thing I think of is is probably Buster, to be honest with you. I don't, oh, yeah. I don't know why that is. <laughs> that's like the first thing I had to think of. Um, and I remember like time slot. It was on... I want to say it was on like 4.30 every day. Yeah, you like, get home but, from school. And it's on. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking of. Like, you get home from school, and they had Cyber Chase on right before it, and then uh, Arthur was on right after. And then, you know, by that time, it was you know, like time to time to go outside and play, you know? Yeah. And that's how I remember. <laughs> yeah, it was a good show. It was a really awesome show. It was. The Christmas special is one that we watch every year. Oh, really? That's awesome. Arthur's Perfect Christmas. I don't think I've seen that one. It sounds pretty good, though. I'm a big Binky Barnes guy. Oh, yeah. Classic. <laughs> Great character. As you take a look at this bracket, you were upset that Sweet Life lost. Was there anything else that really surprised you in this, Peter? You know, um, you know I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it. And I'm glad to see VeggieTales got some representation. <laughs> um, I'm pretty shocked Phineas and Ferb got knocked out in the first round. Oh, you know, I yeah. Thought... I couldn't believe that at all. I thought, I thought Phineas and Ferb was going to be a dark horse, you know, and possibly take on SpongeBob and Sweet 16. Yeah. Um, you know, definitely shocking to see that. Um, and I think that's, and then honestly, you know, to, to piggyback off the Avatar discussion, I mean, that was a pretty big upset in the first round, taking down Wither to Waverly, uh, Waverly Place. Um, yeah. You know, that's, you know, I, I know we were just talking about that. It's, it's still, still pretty shocking, you know. Um, I know those 10 beating the 7s isn't as shocking, but still. Yeah, I think with seeding, it was pretty much 6 through 10 seeds. All those seeds were kind of pretty interchangeable in yeah, terms of no where you doubt. could put them. That's a really tough crowd there. Yeah, that was uh, those, were, those were the big ones for me. 
Jason, did you have any as you look at the bracket, or you don't have the bracket in front of you, right? No, I don't. Um, uh, was Jimmy Neutron? Did that make an appearance on Jimmy the Neutron? Lost in the yeah, lost in the Sweet Sixteen to Drake and Josh. Okay, understandable. Took out another, all that uh, big favorite. victory. Say it again. Took out all that. Dang. That's that's I actually would have gone with all that just based on my fond memories. They've made a reboot recently. Yeah. Which is uh which in my opinion is is either it got way less funny or my sense of humor changed, but <laughs> I couldn't get with the new version. But uh yeah, old Keenan and Cal and Amanda Bynes on there were were uh serious hitters back in the day. Yeah, I was I was big on the Amanda show. Were you an Amanda show guy? Yeah, followed her from all that on the Amanda show. And then she had some really good skits on there. The Amanda show was great. I had the Amanda show in my personal final four, but it lost to iCarly in the elite in the Sweet Sixteen. iCarly? Yeah. That's gotta be the worst show that was ever on Nickelodeon. Am I wrong? <laughs> I, I think I iCarly's got some justification. You know, I Oh, it's it's earned its spot, you know. I, I, okay, I want to hear this debate. Go ahead, defend iCarly. Well, this, you know, I, this might yeah, be. I'm, I just don't think it's as, as as shocking, you know. Yeah, like, I, think I think another think, timing I think it's thing. Good, it's earned its spot, you know. Is I saw it all the time on these uh, on the schedule of Nickelodeon. I'll just skip right over it, but <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I, uh, I just I couldn't get with it, you know. Miranda Cosgrove on Drake and Josh. She's like one character in my mind. Tries to get her own show. It just seems selfish to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. She was kind of she was kind of cemented as a as one particular character on on Drake and Josh. I, I do. I get you on that. My argument, Jason, and I forgot to yeah. say this when Rachel Gerhardt and I talked about this a couple weeks ago because we were both were upset about that outcome at the time. Still are. And my my <laughs> argument was, hey. The Amanda show took Amanda Bynes and launched her. I mean, she was already, she was on all that, but she got her own show. She carried it. She proved she could be a major movie star. She was a lead in movies from the Amanda show straight to the big screen. Miranda Cosgrove was in movies. She was in School of Rock. She was in Drake and Josh. And all of a sudden, after she gets her own show, you don't see her in anything anymore. That's true. I don't know if that you think that was by uh, choice or probably just by circumstance. <laughs> I don't know. Probably by choice. No, iCarly just was never funny to me for some reason. So I, I think part of it is we're a little older than Peter, so maybe to us we had just moved past Nick at that point, and Peter wasn't. Uh, Peter, you didn't watch the Amanda Show. You were too young, right? Uh, I was gonna say I definitely didn't watch the Amanda Show, so. <laughs> Well, this is good. So, we get different yeah. perspectives, different ages. Right. Were you a fan of Rocket Power or Wild Thornberries, Jason? Oh, heck yeah. I mean, that's like, those are the shows we came up on. I just, now that you just mentioned those two, like, isn't it crazy how those are the exact same animation? Yeah, it's it was made by the same creators. I Look, I did a lot of looking at these shows as I was prepping this bracket. And I didn't know, I didn't realize this as a kid, but Wild Thornberries, Rugrats, and Rocket Power, they were all from the same uh, creators. 
and writers. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, animations look the same. Rocket Power was really my go-to. Um, but we were, like, really... We were younger. I mean, that was, like, all that days. And then, oh, like... Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was really young. And I just wanted to be Otto. That dude was so cool. <laughs> Rachel Gerhardt said that she made a decision at a young age to name her son Otto from that show. Yeah, I don't blame her. Like, <laughs> I was a man. I would, I would love my son to be like Otto or just have that name. Zoe 101 made a run to the Final Four as a one seed, took out Hannah Montana and iCarly and Sesame Street. So I would say Zoe 101, a little bit of a dark horse, huh? The, uh, the Hannah yeah. Montana victory was, was surprising, I thought. Yeah. I, I definitely thought Hannah classic, Montana would uh, pull that yeah. one out. That's a classic age difference uh, comment. Zoe, <laughs> Zoe 101 was, was, was our years. I mean, that was like the love of my life for five years in elementary school. <laughs> Jamie Lynn Spears. Oh my goodness. Doesn't get better than that. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, I think yeah. I was too old for Hannah Montana. Never got into it. I we just, I've talked about this already on here before, but I was much bigger on the Nick shows than the Disney shows. I it's kind of funny. SNL did a sketch maybe like ten years back where a lot of Disney shows, it's like just diss some adult. Like every adult is a total weirdo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know this what you're talking about. It yeah. was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like seeing adults and yeah, like calling everything stupid. And yeah. There's one other thing. It was pretty funny though. It's like anytime that like someone like there's always someone who smells bad and they all make faces like, yeah. Oh my gosh, it smells horrible. <laughs> Nick, uh, yeah, I know, I know what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, I was a bigger Nick guy. I thought that sketch uh, nailed it pretty good. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it that was pretty funny. <laughs> All right, so we got this big time matchup: Drake and Josh versus SpongeBob, and we will reveal the winner in Monday's episode of the Jack Vita Show. Guess on hand for that episode. Uh, some combination of Rachel Gerhardt, Parker Gatewood, and Jacob Schoon. Oh, man. Big, big time listener. Big time lineup. <laughs> yeah. So, but who do you guys have? SpongeBob versus Drake and Josh. I'll start with you, Jason. Who who you got? I guess. I mean, that's a tough one. Both, uh, both great shows. Um, shucks. I think I'm just going to go Spongebob. I mean, I like them both, but just the longevity, just the, the place it has in my heart. I couldn't really, near the end of the seasons of uh, Drake and Josh, I couldn't really get on board with, like, skinny Josh. <laughs> Got a little bit too sexy for me. You know, I wanted him to play his role. Uh, <laughs> and uh, that's when I tuned out. Yeah, you had an earring. <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't know who you are anymore, man. You got way too cool. How about you, Peter? Who you got? You know, I, I gotta agree with Jason on this one. I gotta go with SpongeBob. You know, it's you know, the the consistency, the longevity. Hard hard to pick against SpongeBob here in the championship, you know. Yeah, and I think SpongeBob will in fact win. It's really close right now. It's split even down the middle. We still got a lot of time, like twenty hours left of voting. You can vote on Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, but I have to say, 
I don't disagree. Like if SpongeBob wins, I will totally embrace that. I think that's people did a good job. It definitely would be the definitive show of the 2000s. However, yeah. my personal favorite, I I was a much bigger Drake and Josh guy than I was a SpongeBob guy. I like SpongeBob, but SpongeBob was never at any point really my favorite show. I but I don't have anything bad to say about SpongeBob either. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you can't debate the longevity, the success. SpongeBob has a movie coming out in a couple months. So maybe we'll have to podcast about that. <laughs> I didn't even know they were coming out. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So SpongeBob's still cranking out the greatest hits. I, I would go Drake and Josh, though. I was a big fan. The Amanda Show and then those guys getting their own show. Uh, I just I loved it. It was so good. It felt a little Seinfeld-ish, honestly. It felt a little what? Seinfeld-ish. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I think if it was back in the day, I used to um, prefer, like, I'll watch Dragon Josh over SpongeBob, but I think over the long period of time, SpongeBob's a better show. And if I were to watch a show today, Dragon Josh or SpongeBob, I would go with SpongeBob. Would you still go Dragon Josh if you were just sitting down watching a Nickelodeon show today? Yeah, I still do. I still watch Drake and Josh to this day. Okay. <laughs> it's on Hulu. Okay. I, I watch it on Hulu. Still funny? It's still very funny. All right, maybe I'll give it another watch yeah. before I vote. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I think we nailed that topic. We got to talk before we get into hoops. We got to talk college football because right now, there's just a huge buffet of sports content out there for everybody. The U.S. Open is this weekend. We have just over a week left in the Major League Baseball season, which is unbelievable to me. 60-game season, just way too short, in my opinion. Hope it never happens again, but enjoying it for what it is. Baseball, NFL just started up last weekend. College football's back. The Big Ten is back. We have just an Stanley Cup going on right now with NHL playoffs. I believe they're in the conference finals. Stanley Cup should be starting up soon. And, of course, the NBA conference finals. Just an unbelievable amount of sports content. Let's let's talk a little bit of college football. Peter, before we talk Big Ten, did you watch any college football this past weekend? Uh, just a little bit, not nothing too, nothing too crazy. Um, you know, my my Buckeyes weren't playing, so yeah. Uh, not not Ohio State's back. I'm sure we watch them. Um, yeah, you know, I, I had it on the TV in the background a little bit. Um, Notre Dame didn't, didn't get super into it. No, I didn't. I didn't watch Notre Dame. I'm trying to think of games I did watch. Um, watched Clemson. I watched yeah. uh, watched Iowa State. That was rough. <laughs> um, couple others, but yeah. That was, that was the most of it. I was watching Notre Dame on Saturday afternoon, and it was truly the most normal I had felt in six months. Yeah, it was no doubt. Typical Saturday afternoon, games are on, game days on in the morning, and there are fans. There are fans at the Notre Dame game this past week against Duke. It was it was so cool. The pep band they spaced out the fans. They're essentially you're only able to sit with people who live in your dorm or on your floor and they space them all out. It was really, yeah, really smart. fun. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a smart way to, to handle it, you know? So being a, an Ohio state fan, Peter, 
I would think you were pretty pumped up yesterday when we found out yeah. that Big Ten is in fact coming back. No, I, I, I was, and it was just you know, uh, you know, everybody's got to make any other decision they feel is best. Um, but it was just a lack of clarity on the on the part of the Big Ten as to as to why some leagues aren't playing, some leagues are. Um, but you know, it, as always, you know, it's good to see you know they they came around and. Um, you know, obviously, really happy for the players, really happy for the coach that they get to play, you know, and, you know, some stuff for people in Ohio to watch on Saturdays, you know. Yeah, I'm a so excited. Team to watch in Ohio. <laughs> what was that? A good football team in Ohio to watch, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we, as we speak, there's a, there's a game right now, uh, Browns and the Bengals, the Ohio, uh, Ohio pro football teams are clashing. I know the Browns are actually not not doing too bad here, so no, it's always a good, always a good sign. <laughs> yeah, I think this is huge for college football. It's huge for fans. It's huge for our country. It's huge for our world. Just to have this stuff back, and yep. I think right now I was speaking with you guys a little bit before we got in the air. Things just are starting to feel a little more normal right now. Things are getting a little busier. Yeah. School's back in action. Sports are in action. I feel really good right now. I'm happy. Absolutely not. Uh, it's a good way to describe it, to be honest with you. It's just all feeling a little more normal again, you know? <laughs> yeah. So Ohio State is going to make this, what, 5-0, and 6-0 and against Harbaugh this year? Is that your, <laughs> Would that be your call? Oh, it's oh, absolutely. I mean, they've got it down to a science. And you know the, the fact that Harbaugh can can get away with not being Ohio State every year is amazing to me. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, Buckeyes are gonna keep it rolling. They, they've they've got Michigan down, uh, no doubt about that. Did you see? I don't know if you guys caught Dave Portnoy's video on uh, the weekend he put out there about why Michigan needs to play. No, I, I didn't see it. So he's a Michigan what grad. He he's in the middle of it. He said, "I know we're gonna get killed by Ohio State, but who cares? Let's play football." Yeah, you know, see, at least he's acknowledging it. You know, he understands the the <laughs> deal here. You know, now apparently, Pac-12 might be playing. A lot of major conferences are trying to make this thing happen, and I'm all for it. I think this is really great, and it's really interesting. There was a lot of people who were somehow upset. There was some. Uh, piece from USA Today saying that Big Ten's decision to play was yesterday was the darkest day in Big Ten history. Did you see that on Twitter? <laughs> I, I did see that. And, you know, even if it was a, a bad decision, even if it was understood as a bad decision, I, you know, I think there, I could think of several darker days um, yeah. in Big Ten history. Um that come to mind. So I'm not sure why I thought that was a bit of an exaggeration. Yeah. And it's funny because you could call it like, if you, if you really think that this is something disastrous, you could call it the most disastrous day or the most, uh, I don't know. You hopeless yeah, day. Like you, you just say, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Like when, when the Penn state scandal happened, I mean, that was pretty, pretty dark day for the big yeah. time you well, know even like, taking that away 
taking away i'm just talking about the term calling it a dark day like yeah. i'd say it's the opposite if people were hopeful and excited and like exactly it, they were seeing a light at the end of the tunnel not that dark <laughs> not playing is a dark day uh, absolutely so yeah it's a bit of an exaggeration by, by them <laughs> yeah it's kind of a weird choice of words at this point but if somebody dies of covid that will be a dark day yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally Oh yeah, I forgot you were here, Jason. Thanks, uh, thanks for chiming in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm. Don't worry. I'm here googling uh, college football hot takes, seeing if I got anything to add. <laughs> uh, we would hate to see Dylan McCaffrey get uh, COVID. That was the number one. Oh. You guys watch any NFL over the weekend? Uh, yes. Did we or will we? Did you? Yeah, we did. We watched a little bit. I watched, I watched, um, and I watched the Monday night game. One other game on Sunday. I watched a little bit, little bit of uh, Red Zone on Sunday afternoon too. That was that was pretty cool. So I watched a couple of games, but yeah, I, I felt the same way you did, Jack. Like, um, like just it felt normal again. You know, it was like a, a Sunday afternoon, and there, there's football. You know, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Jason, which side are you on in this whole uh, Brady versus the Pats situation? Well, okay, I I'm, I'm, grew up a huge Pats fan, and I'll just say to the last comment that it's so it was like the weirdest feeling. I didn't um, even appreciate what a normalcy like Sunday football is. Like from the day you're born, I guess, as a sports fan in America, it's like Sunday football is, is a staple. But um, so like with that on, it just felt, yeah, exactly like, like old times. But um, as far as the Patriots and Tom Brady, First, um, the Patriots, I think uh, it's just weird to watch because it's just such a different look with Cam Newton. I think we could still be good. Um, got a win in the first week, but um, definitely a different style of play. Uh, and then I went over and watched the Bucks game, and it was uh, Tom Brady looking like just a shell of himself um, through two picks uh, and then kind of had a flash of, of the Tom Brady we all know in the in the fourth quarter had like a had a drive for a touchdown in like two two minutes, um, but but overall was pretty mediocre in week one, and then really surprising for me. I mean, I guess a lot of people didn't expect a lot after a year off. Is Gronk like one target, no catches, like was just non-existent. So yeah, I was kind of thinking that Gronk might uh might surprise everybody, but not so far. <laughs> but I'm not rooting against Tom Brady. I'm just kind of interested to see if he's still got some life in him. Yeah. I think, first of all, I will say that I, with the Bucks, it feels a little bit, Peter would know what I'm talking about, 2011 Philadelphia Eagles-ish, where they called themselves a dream team. And Oh, yeah. I don't think the Bucks are coming in with that type of cockiness, but... They do have a similar amount of hype in terms of you win the offseason. You look at all the talent on the board. Just so many guys who are just coming in and haven't played together, haven't had, haven't played any preseason games. Yeah. I think it's going to take a little bit for them to gel. But I also don't I don't expect them to totally flop. I think they should at least be right around 500, maybe a little bit above that. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that one. Uh, 
I think they, they, they might not be as good as people think, but they, they should be able to take care of business at some level. Yeah, just give it a little time. Let's see what it looks like after week six before we start writing everything that Tom's done. Because Tom, last year, I know he didn't play the way he had in the past, but he really didn't have any weapons. Right. I definitely agree with you on that one. A lot of people go to Florida to retire. That's all I'll say. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's talk some NBA. That's what I got you guys here for. So pretty crazy turn of events in this West semifinals with the Nuggets and the Clippers. They were up. The Clippers were up 3-1. Clippers really favorites across the board. I, I debated this with Peter back in uh, November or October of last year. I was all in on the Clippers, and he was telling me that the Lakers were going to be that team coming out of the West. So I got to give Peter a lot of credit on that one. We'll talk a little bit about that. But Clippers are done. Clippers lost to the Nuggets. They blew a 3-1 lead. Pretty unbelievable. Uh, Nuggets playing, I believe, without Will Barton and Gary Harris as well. Is that correct, Peter? Uh, yeah, they, they had Gary Harris for a little bit of the series. Uh, Will Barton's been bit. out, though. I don't, I, just, I don't think Gary Harris played in Game 7, but yeah, he, he a little bit of the series. But no Will Barton, though. That's that for sure. Yeah, so two of their better wing players. I mean, right up there with MPJ. Yep. Two of their three best wings out for much of that series. And they still end up beating the Clippers. Let's let's get you started here, Peter. Immediate thoughts in the aftermath of Game Seven and this series as a whole. I, I mean, uh, I think you just got to give the Nuggets a lot of credit. I mean, I think people, yeah, people are starting to understand that Jamal Murray's uh, and that, that obviously Jokic just kind of had 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 a great reputation in the past couple of years, but. Um, you know, I, I think we're starting to understand just how special they really are, and it's gonna be tough for the Lakers. I think the Lakers will get it done, but uh, I think the Nuggets gotta get credit, you know, first overall. Um, but but for the Clippers, it's kind of like, you know, what what excuse do you have? Um, it, especially because you know the way the way Kawhi played in the playoffs last year, it, it felt to me like he was kind of emerging as, as maybe maybe the, the league's next you know next generation superstar. Yeah. Um, and I, I think most people would agree that this Clippers team that he's playing on now is a better roster than the Raptors team that he won with last year. Um, so it's kind of hard to understand, like, you know, you know what went wrong, what the disconnect was. You know, it, it's hard to think of excuses for, for why the Clippers didn't, didn't get this done. Um, so, you know, I, I think they're, they're, they're probably going to go back to the drawing board next year and, um, just figure out what was missing because when you put together a roster like that, I mean, on paper and the way that Kawhi was going, um, yeah, it, it, it should have been a six or seven game loss to the Lakers in the conference final. It should have been the earliest. They should have been eliminated. Yeah. So it's it's definitely disappointing on their end. But again, you know, you got to give the Nuggets a lot of credit. Um, you know, they played great throughout the series. They stuck with it being down three, one. And, um, you know, they're, they're definitely, you know, those Jokic and Murray are going to, are going to be some big time stars in the league. I agree with everything Peter said. I think, um, it just kind of the whole playoff so far spoke to the power of a system. Like you throw together some really talented players and it can't, doesn't always work out. I was honestly really surprised. I thought that, um, Kawhi Leonard was just kind of the, the type of superstar that, was going to meld with any team. And um, 
just plays the right way and at the end just like didn't didn't they got they didn't have enough um but then you look at a team like the heat coming out in the east and um they just got their second win over the celtics i was kind of peeking at it as we were talking um and again like that just speaks to the power of the system because you look at the uh top our top three our celtics top three versus the heat top three i mean i'll take i'll take uh jason tatum Kemba Walker and Jalen Brown, but uh, the Heat overall of the team and Eric Spolster's done such a good job, like having them play together. Um, that's really what seems to be winning it here. But I got I got Denver over the Lakers. If I'm going with that with that same uh, less talent, better better team together mentality, we'll see. I think I'm going Denver uh, Heat in the finals. <laughs> would the NBA let that happen though, Jason? Would would it really allow that to happen for all the conspiracy theorists out there? Look, Peter and I were just <laughs> just talking the other day. Maybe if anything, if there's any conspiracy, they have uh power over the rest. But Peter just uh mentioned when we were talking about this the other day, it's like if a player is going to play bad, how much power does the ref really have? I mean, they're not like completely blowing calls. It would be like yeah. all in the media if there were these crazy calls. So I don't even know if they if there was a conspiracy, how they would get it done. Fair point. Fair point. All right. Well, what about the bubble? I mean, how much do you think? Because I had heard Paul George. There was a report that he felt depressed living in the bubble and not really getting his normal life, living his normal life, and being stuck there for so long and not seeing a whole lot of your friends or family. How much do you think the bubble factors into some of the outcomes that we saw here? Like, is there a part that we look at this Clippers team and say, well, they run it back next year and there, we should see a better result. You know, I think like it's, it's like, you know, it's rules of engagement. So yeah, the, the bubble probably had an effect on them probably uh, had, had some negative sides to it, but you know, every, every team was experiencing the same thing, you know, yeah, it's not like it's not like the Clippers um, experiencing, you know, a, a different bubble than than the Nuggets were, um, and I I think it's like it's just one of those circumstances where, like Jason was saying, not you know, it is the power of a system, but also you know the power of culture, the power of mental toughness, um, you know, the, the the Miami Heat and the Celtics are kind of showing us right now um, that can kind of weather the storm of uh, an adverse situation. Um, so to me, it, like, you know, that, that obviously what you just mentioned, you know, that obviously would definitely have a huge effect on Paul George. Um, but, you know, that just kind of shows there probably were some unresolved issues within the Clippers that kind of were brought to life based on the bubble. Um, because it's, it's one of those situations where the, the more, the better systems, the better cultures, the more mentally tough players um, should yeah. be able to, to thrive because they're kind of taking out of their element. So, um you know, I, I, I do agree. I think they should be better next year. Um, but it's kind of one of those things where you're like, you know, everyone kind of had the same playing field. And, you know, some teams got done, some teams didn't. Yeah, I think no doubt the team that wins it earns it and they deserve it. But yeah. what I would say is that I think when you interrupt a season and you don't play it the way that you normally do, all of a sudden you have a four-month break and now all of a sudden you're coming back and – Really, things are just very different. I just think I'm kind of looking at the world of sports, at least with baseball and with basketball, especially in baseball, because baseball, 
It's like, oh my gosh, they're only playing 60 games. They're going to have 16 teams in the playoffs. It's totally different from a regular season. And I'm going to look at it differently than I would a regular season. So assuming we get back to 82 games and the way that basketball is normally played, I... I'm willing to give some teams a pass in this situation, a, a, a light pass, not not a super get out of jail free card, but I'll give them a little pass here. Yeah, I know, I I, I definitely get it, but I I think it's just you know we still have to I guess hold hold the Clippers accountable for their performance, you know. Yeah, uh, but I I do. Agree. Paul George did not play well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That, that we got to hold them accountable to that, but it's just, yeah, I do yeah. agree. It is kind of a different season, no doubt about that. Heck, you can give Paul George a pass, but Paul George coming out to say anything is soft and embarrassing that he did that. Yeah, well, I mean, about the depression or what? No, no, about Blake. Well, just blaming it on the on the bubble. Blaming any sort oh, okay. of performance okay. on the bubble. Yeah, I was gonna making clear about the the depression. That's a serious thing, so no one right, right, right. don't talk about that. But yeah, can't make no. These guys shouldn't make excuses. That's for sure. Yeah, that's what it sounds like he's doing to me. Have we seen our Paul George's best days behind him? Are we ever gonna see that like 2014 version of Paul George ever again? I mean, I thought it was fine the regular season. Like, I thought, you know, he still kind of had it going on. You know, you're shooting at, at a pretty high rate. I uh, I don't really know what happened. And, I mean, maybe he was just depressed, and, and obviously that's going to have a, a effect on his play. Um, it, it's hard to say the best day, you know, best days um, behind him, you know. I, I think he definitely can, can still have a, a productive career going forward. I would say his best days are behind him. Um, he'd still be be an all-star level player but i mean he was at one point top top four maybe top three in the league um and i don't think he's ever getting back to that level has his defense been as good as it was i mean at his very best i mean has it just been the offensive game that's regressed a little bit or is it a little bit on the defensive end as well i mean i i think he, he's still you know a top-notch defender uh, and that's partly why I thought the Clippers should do better because I thought they had not yeah. only superstars, they had defensive superstars as well. Um, but you know, like like everything, you know, the older you get, you can probably get a little bit slower. Uh, but I, I, you know, I, I still hold them in high regard. And uh, yeah, I just haven't watched enough uh, Clippers games to intently to judge Paul George's defense. I don't know. <laughs> we'll take Peter's word for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, on the on the other end of things, this was an outstanding job by head coach Mike Malone and yeah. what the Denver Nuggets have built here. They've had an underrated team for a few years now, and they're finally starting to peak. And this team should be around for a little bit. I'm I'm a big fan of MPJ's game. I really think this is an interesting team. I don't know if we've ever seen a guy like Jokic before. He's a one of a kind passer as a big man and. Some of the shots that he hits in the corner, they're just not things that you expect someone uh, that that big to be that nimble with his feet. Uh, and then, yeah, Jamal Murray, he's been he's an outstanding shooter and he's right on the cusp of stardom as a as a guard in this league. There's so many good point guards. Have you have we seen anyone like Jokic? 
I mean, I don't know if everyone's ever been able to to pass like he has at the center position. I mean, he he, you know, at most times, and I, you you can even say all times, is the best passer on the court. Um, and in terms of that level of skill from a, a true seven footer, I don't know if we have seen that kind of passing ability. Um, I think you could probably name a couple seven footers that, that were good passers, um, but never like the the best passer on the floor on both teams. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And and he he's really he's not very fast. He doesn't jump like he's kind of fat, but he's like he just <laughs> he he's so nimble on his feet. Like so skilled, um, he he is kind of a one of a kind player. Yeah, I would agree. This guy is uh, haven't seen anything like him. Um, that one guy, like back in the day, um, older guys would always talk about him. We were coming up, the dude Sabonis. I probably can't yeah, Arvita Sabonis. Yeah, like people say that his best days were played in Europe, and he kind of had maybe yeah. a similar game without the outside shot, um, but. Um, uh, was a big time passer at that height, but we never really got to see him in his prime in the NBA. So, who's to say about that? And yeah, I was Wilt, thinking about him a little bit. Yeah, and Wilt Chamberlain did lead the uh, NBA in assists one year. So, I mean, I didn't get to see him play either, but maybe he was up there. <laughs> Point Wilt. <laughs> exactly. Let's go over to the East side of things here. And we can we can preview uh, the West Finals at the end. I'll let you guys give a pick. I guess Jason already gave his, but <laughs> I want to before we talk about what's going on in this Heat and Celtics series. I want to run it back a week. The Heat ran through the Milwaukee Bucks, and a lot of people were very surprised by it. I. Haven't been a big Bucks guy. I've been a little critical of the Bucks. I've never been a huge believer in them. Uh, but I wasn't expecting them to lose in the semifinals here. What were your thoughts on that series, Jason? Um, from the beginning of the NBA season, me and Peter both agreed like the Heat are gonna be like the team to beat. They're uh, just underrated. Like the way they play together is just unmatched like as a team the way they move the ball um how tight their defense is just how what a good job Eric Spolster has done um like as as two guys getting into coaching like that's the team you want to look at and um probably done the most with what they have so uh honestly um you know Giannis is a beast but I was not surprised that they ran through the Bucks. Yeah, I was. Uh, I the only thing that did slightly surprise me was the the way in which the the Heat beat the Bucks. I mean, it was yeah, it was pretty clear throughout that whole series that the Heat were not just the better team, but were significantly the better team. Um, and if you had told me that, I I would have been like, nah, I don't know about that. Like, it's been pretty close the whole way. Um, but you know, even when Giannis was on the court, when he was off the court, I mean, it was like, all right, this is the the Heat of the team to beat. Um, and, you know, they're just, like Jason was saying, just so well put together, so well constructed. Um, you know, lo- you know, not as many egos. They move the ball very well. Like, they're a, they're a fun, fun team to watch. And when you strip away all the, um, you know, all, all the, the nor- you know, the, the road games and the atmospheres. And, you know, you just put it in just basic basketball, neutral court, no fans, no travel. Um, 
I mean, it's they're showing that how good their system is, how well they play together. Um, they're they are a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I like with the Heat. It's like there's a I don't know if there's another team where their second unit is just about as good as their first unit. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, they're so deep. They're so deep, and I've been a big big time supporter believer in Goran Dragic for quite a while now so it's cool to see him succeeding this this heat team's really awesome they have an amazing system where they can pretty much draft in any spot in the draft order and they're going to get something good they draft and develop players wonderfully uh Duncan Robinson a guy that Jason uh, grew up playing with undrafted and now he's their starting two guard I remember hearing another story like with Kelly Olynyk when he signed and they basically said we're going to make you the best version of yourself but we're also going to work you harder than you've ever been worked before and he was like sign me up and uh that's <laughs> they got a lot of those guys yeah no I think Jason alluded to it like the idea of maximizing talent um yeah I I think Bam Adebayo is a, a terrific example of maximizing his talent because he does so many things for them on the court, whether that's, I mean, they were basically almost run their offense through him. Um, and, you know, like we were, we played him uh, when he was at Kentucky and he was a good player. Don't get me wrong. Like, um, you know, he was running and dunking and jumping and um, blocking shots. But like, I don't know if I would have told you then that like he would be running, running, you know, an, an NBA team's offense or he'd be an NBA all-star. And I think that'd be a, a nice yeah. player. Um, he's a great example of how they've maximized their talent. Um, obviously, you, you mentioned Duncan Robinson, even like guys like Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero, rookies yeah. that have come in and, and produced. Uh, just you know, uh, you would never expect Tyler Hero to have a year like he did. Same with Kendrick Nunn, um, and and even you know even Jimmy Butler to a certain extent, I think because he's always been a good player. I don't think anyone's ever disputed that. Um, but I mean, he's on the verge of leading his team, um, being a star player, leading his team to the NBA Finals. I mean, that is a signature moment of a player's career, and I don't think anyone's ever thought of Jimmy Butler as that kind of player. Um, so they've even been able to maximize his talent, um, which is just unbelievable. They, they, you have to give the organization a ton of credit. They do a great job of that. Well, I have to disagree with you because I know a lot of people here in Chicago uh, believe that <laughs> in, about Jimmy Butler at one point, but it doesn't mean that they were correct at the time to believe that. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jack, the stories I was hearing about Jimmy Butler near the end was like, now he's a problem in the locker room. A lot of the fans kind of turned against him. He went from a fan favorite who was kind of this humble rising all-star to like a prima donna um, problem with teammates and stuff. And so I thought he was actually like on the downturn of his career going to Miami. And then he yeah, has this season and just fits with them so well. I mean, either it was a, it was a uh, bad depiction of him at the end of his career in Chicago or the Heat just worked their magic and brought him to his, his maximum point. Well, a couple things I would say about that. One, there was a lot of issues with that 2016 Bulls team. And I think a lot of them actually stemmed from Dwayne Wade, who it was it was a very strange set of circumstances with Dwayne Wade with that Bulls team. He gets injured and the team's not playing well. And he's like, all right, I'm done for the year. 
guys. I'm, I'm not. I'm not coming back. Just, just go and have fun, whatever. And then the Bulls start winning, and then he's like, actually, you know what? I think I will play. I'm back for the playoffs. <laughs> there are a lot of stories about him kind of being the guy who was poisoning the well with some of the young players. And then you could trace that moving on to where else Jimmy Butler went. He didn't go to any really cohesive spots in that Bulls team was not a cohesive spot that uh, Timberwolves team hasn't done anything without him that. uh, And then we've seen all the problems that the Sixers have had with and without Jimmy Butler. So yeah, it definitely makes you rethink Jimmy Butler. Now, was he 100% blameless the whole way? Absolutely not. But this is definitely the best situation that he's been in in his career. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I also would argue that if Dwayne Wade was still on this Heat team, I don't think they'd be playing in the East Finals. I think it'd be Dwayne Wade being very ball dominant, where this team really has really good ball movement right now. And uh, Dwayne Wade being such a ball dominant player, especially at the end of his career where he doesn't have much of a jump shot, he doesn't have the same type of athleticism, and really I thought made last year's season all about his retirement tour. I think addition by subtraction, not having Dwayne Wade with the heat anymore. And that's not something you're going to hear people say, by the way. So feel free to disagree with me. I a hundred percent agree. So I was saying, I'm not going to argue with that either. (laughs) I just, I was just thinking about that. I hadn't thought about that before because I hadn't heard anyone really saying that about the heat. Right. Cohesion and ball movement is what's given them so much success. And you're right. Dwayne Wade near the end of his career. I mean, a lot, I mean, a lot of people love Dwayne Wade. A lot of people in Chicago too, just because of who he is. But, um, but yeah, I know you kind of have your, your beast with them and I kind of <laughs> don't, uh, don't disagree. I mean, young Wade, 2006 Wade was unbelievable. No, no right. doubt about that. But the end of his career, just not the same player. Especially, the league changed a lot over the course of his career, too. Very much about ball movement and outside shooting. And, I mean, he couldn't really do a whole lot about that. That wasn't really his game. Yeah, especially as you get older and you start relying on skill over athleticism. That was not uh, not a good combination for him with the league changing and his game having to change. Let's go back to the Bucks for a second. Where do you think they go from here? I think it's it's very interesting because it feels a little bit like to me the similar a similar situation with Mike Budenholzer's Hawks team, where it was an unbelievable regular season team, but wasn't really winning in the playoffs. Now that Hawks team did not have a superstar t- though, and this this team does, and his name is Giannis and. It's an interesting situation. Eric Bledsoe now three years in a row hasn't really given them a whole lot in the playoffs. And Giannis, his, uh, he hasn't been as dominant in these playoff series. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think Mike Budenholzer probably does deserve some of the blame. I'm not sure if that's the, the first move I would make, um, you know, because I, I think, you know. Oh, no, I, I was more saying I would actually say I was giving him credit that I think is yeah, he was probably out overperforming in the regular season yeah. with a team that maybe definitely I, I would say was not the best in the East last year or this year. I, 
but definitely overperforming and exceeding expectations. So I, I guess the, the thing that I would like to see, and, and I don't know who this would be. So I'm not sure you know who would be in the market. Um, uh, a shot making guard um, would be huge for them. Um, Chris Paul. <laughs> Chris Paul would be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, Bledsoe is great, but he's more of a di- he's more of a dynamic guard. And you know, George Hill is a shot maker, but you know, he's not really like a, a guy that's going to fill it up for you. Um, and so I think it's been proven. You know, Middleton is great. You know, I'm not going to say anything bad about Chris Middleton. Um, but you know, it, it's like you kind of need one more score to kind of. Um, if if they can do that, I think their supporting cast is probably good enough. Um, and at the same time, you know, like a lot of it is going to probably fall on Giannis. I mean, he obviously produced in the regular season, um, but I mean, he, he did not look like a top five player in the NBA um, during this Miami series. So I think a lot of it is going to be, OK, well, let's look at the, the Bucks organization and say, what do we got to do? But I think Giannis kind of has to take some take some responsibility, take some accountability. And, um, you know, he's going to have to produce, you know, in, in the future as well. Um, for the Bucks to be successful, I mean, I think they have a decent roster. I mean, uh, I was a, they had a great season. Um, they did with, I mean, they got beat by a better team. Um, what could they do? Yeah, I mean, Peter said get a shot making guard. I could see that. I could see that helping. Do you like the Chris Paul suggestion? Yeah, I like Chris Paul. Maybe like uh, maybe like a JJ Redick. Maybe like uh, yeah, maybe like a Seth Curry. You know. Uh, yeah, but yeah, shooting wins. Shout out Pat Connington though. He was another, uh, yeah, he was another Middlesex Magic. Same same program as Duncan Robinson, back in Massachusetts. Oh really? Yeah. So a lot of Massachusetts representation and Middlesex Magic representation in this <laughs> uh, playoff. I thought you were going to mention that he was in the region because he went to Notre Dame. Right. Right. Yeah. Went from <laughs> uh, Boston suburbs out to Notre Dame. Wow. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Peter. I think Giannis really needs to add a respectable three-point sh- or at least an outside shot. Not doesn't have to be a total three-point shot, but a respectable outside shot would yeah. make him so much more dynamic because I think as I was watching some of that series, Evan Myers, I'll give him credit. He, I saw him the day after uh, he's been on this podcast several times. Evan was saying Giannis's game has become predictable where you, yep. you just kind of know what he's going to do, how he's going to drive, where he's going to go. But if he were to add that outside shot, that would make him much more of like a James Harden type of offensive force. Yeah. Where you, you don't. Yeah. How do you stop him? Right. And, and I think, you know, like, like you said, the, the predictability, like, you know, being able to score at different levels, um, you know, a good, a good team like the Heat is going to be able to scout and, and game plan to the to your to your uh, your, your tendencies. You know, um, but I, I think it's just you know at some point if he is the superstar that he um, he's kind of got the reputation of being like you know those those guys got to kind of come through. Um, you know, or or else he might need to 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 join with some other superstars. You know, <laughs> don't say that, Peter. We don't want that to happen. Yeah, Bucks <laughs> fans don't want to hear that. <laughs> no, I just I don't like the idea of joining up with other superstars, but that's a conversation for another <laughs> show. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's what you do now. Yeah, I hear you though. I uh, I agree with you, Jay. I don't want joining up with any superstars. I thought we had a pretty good spread out NBA this year. Yeah. So 
I'd like to keep that trend going on. <laughs> Absolutely. Now that we're down to four teams and we're two games into this Heat and Celtics series. By the way, Jason, being a lifelong diehard Celtics fan, sacrificing watching tonight's game two to be on the show with us. Uh, we appreciate you, Jason. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate the invite, Jack. Honor to be here. <laughs> now, heater up 2-0, scale 1 to 10, how concerned are you? You mentioned you had picked the heat already. Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a 10 concerned. I am not confident at all in the Celtics' ability to, I mean, just what we were talking about, they have so much young talent. Um, and I respect Brad Stevens so much as a coach, but they have not come together the way they need to at the end of the season. I mean, they've performed to the point where I expected them to, if you had asked me at the beginning of the season where I thought they might end up, you know what I mean? But um, people would not have expected it to be the heat that takes them down, and it looks like that's what's going to happen. Yeah. So but in the first yeah, first two games, I just don't, don't, look, don't feel confident. Um, the Celtics will go on scoring bursts, um, uh, and their talent will shine. Jason Tatum will get going. Um, Kemba Walker will hit a shot here and there, although he's struggled a ton this entire playoffs. But just the consistency of the Heat is like you, you just when you have a team like that that just always gets a good shot, moves the ball, like just possession after after possession. Yeah, the the Celtics are going to struggle. Yeah, I know. And, and the, the frustrating part is like, um, like there's been moments when you're like, all right, the Celtics got this, you know, um, through both these games. Like you feel good about their chances and and somehow like the Heat just, just find a way to pull it out. So I think the fact that um, the Celtics have played the way that they have and they're, they're down 2-0 is um, definitely raises the level of concern. No doubt about that. Uh, but the beauty of it is, is that I think two zero in these playoffs is um, not quite the same as maybe two zero in different playoffs, you know, um, due to the, you know it's all neutral. But I, I think yeah. I think Jason hit you know hit most of the main points. Like it definitely you know if you're the Celtics and, and you definitely got to be pretty frustrated the fact that you're down two zero right now. And on the West side, let's let's uh, we're gonna wrap this podcast up in a little <laughs> bit, but let's let's share some picks. So Jason. You have the Nuggets winning this series. Why is that? What do you think happens? You know, honestly, it's mostly a uh, hate for LeBron James and just a, <laughs> a, a, a wish to the You universe. have LeBron derangement syndrome? Yeah, exactly. But, um, and, you know, I just like to piss Peter off and, and tell him he's going to lose. <laughs> um, but, no, I mean, I think the... Um, yeah, no, I think the Nuggets are just a better team. That's it? Nuggets are a better team? That's it. All right. How many games does it go? Uh, Going all seven. Coming down to the wire. And then what happens right at the end? In the culmination of pressure, LeBron chokes. <laughs> <laughs> Peter is simmering over here. Yeah. So, first of all, I don't think anything Jason said – is is to be taken seriously. I think he's just saying all these things to kind of kind of poke the bear here, try to frustrate me, um, because none of that made any sense. I mean, that was just nonsense. Uh, the Lakers are going to win the series. Uh, it's going to be a maximum of five games. 
the, the Nuggets, you know, it got you got to hand it to them. Uh, they've done a great job getting through these playoffs. Um, but a, a fourteen game versus um, is tough. You know, they're kind of near the end of their run here. They, they've expended a lot of energy to get to the spot. And I, I'm not, I'm not, you can, they can throw as many things as they want at, at LeBron and AD, but those two are playing at a high level right now. Um, the Lakers got depth and athleticism. Um, they're on a mission. Uh, I, I, I just don't see how the, how the Nuggets can pull this one out. But, you know, if they do, I, I'll definitely hand it to them. But I, I think the Lakers are firing on all cylinders right now. They got the star power, they got the efficiency and the depth. I think they get it done. I think uh, the Nuggets. Starting to remind me a little bit of the 2019 Washington Nationals. Just went on a, a miraculous run there down the stretch that people didn't see coming, but they had figured something out that other people had not figured out. And the, with with the Nationals, it was a lot of contact hitting, stolen bases, small ball, it was old school baseball, and Nuggets got a big guy. Not too many teams have a star big guy. Uh, the, uh, the Nuggets are a great team. Don't, don't get me wrong, but you know I think we're just we're all underestimating the Lakers here. Yeah, I think they they got rolling now. No, I, I'm not underestimating the Lakers. I <laughs> <laughs> I feel like since the start of this whole thing, I was like, well, LeBron really wants to play, and I think some of these guys want to play, but I don't know how badly they all want to. LeBron is definitely taking it extremely seriously and I, I mean i guess you could say all the teams that are left are probably the teams that are that wanted it the most it seems like the heat are a team that just want it more than other teams yep i definitely agree with you on that so i think the lakers have the talent and the drive and i ever since i heard they're going in the bubble and i started to watch paul george a little sluggish in the early early rounds i was like yep lakers got this one yeah uh, it's uh, they've been you know they've had some hiccups every once in a while, but they've been able to at least remain somewhat consistent um, and, and throughout these playoffs. Yeah. All right, guys, this was a lot of fun. Good job. This was uh, a good three-man crew here. It was like we're calling a game on TNT. Uh, we're better than those guys, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> we, Thanks we for having, you having us on. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. All right, uh, Peter first. Would you like to throw out your Twitter handle and plug anything while you're here? Uh, yeah, uh, Twitter handle uh, at p uh, pfunk two. Uh, um, I'm definitely more active on Twitter. Uh, same handle on Instagram. I'm not gonna, feel free to give me. All right, follow him. And Jason, would you like to plug your social media or plug anything while you're here? Mm, I mean, I think I'm Jason Car at Jason Karras on social media. Um, I'd be a really boring follow. I don't go on there often, but um, yeah, no, that's all I got. Thanks for having me. All right, this is a lot of fun. We're gonna have to do this again sometime, maybe NBA off season, um, or maybe sometime down the stretch <laughs> here. We'll see what the programming is like for this podcast. Absolutely. But yeah, it's gonna be really weird when we're having our NBA off-season stuff and finding out about free agents and all those rumors when that's happening in like late October or early November. Yeah, we, we got we got the draft too. It's a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh my gosh. 
This world, this this year has been t- flip turned <laughs> upside down. But you know what? I know. It's, we're we're starting to get to the good part. Things have been. Uh, we're getting to the good stuff right now. I know. It's uh, all the sports are coming back, so it's gonna it's gonna be back to normal pretty soon. All right. Well, thank you so much, guys. This was a lot of fun. Yep. Thanks, Jack. Thanks for having us on. See ya. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes my conversation with Jason Karras and Peter Funk. That was a lot of fun. Had a good time with those guys talking some hoops. Man, it is a crazy time on the sports calendar. Golf, college football, pro football, NBA, Major League Baseball, tennis, NHL. It's been a lot. It has been a lot, but... I hope to be podcasting more uh, over the next few weeks and next few months for the remainder of 2020 now that we have two sponsors, one being CBS All Access, another one that I'm excited to share with you soon. Just locked in a signed a contract with them this morning. Uh, more information to come on that, but... I am very excited. CBS All Access, a great place for you to watch football. You can watch your shows. You can watch reality TV. You can watch the Knicks shows. Tune in for the next episode where we reveal the winner of the greatest kids show of the 2000s bracket champion. That will be a lot of fun. Will it be SpongeBob? Will it be Drake and Josh? I will talk with you all in a couple of days. That should be out on Monday. So make sure you're subscribed so you can get that episode. Subscribe to the Jack Vita Show wherever it is that you get your podcast. And you will always be aware whenever there's fresh content available for you, the listeners. Leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That would do wonders for the show. I would really appreciate it. I would love that so much. Just write a few kind words, five-star rating, boom. That'd be awesome. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, at Jack Vita Show, facebook.com slash Jack Vita Show. You can vote on the bracket there. And we, we're going to have to do another bracket when this bracket is done. We'll do one in a month or so. I hope you all are doing very well in this time. Guys, once again... I know it's been a challenging year. I know that times have been a little difficult, but trust God, this isn't going to last forever. We're going to get back to where we were. And you got to believe that. You got to stay positive. You got to keep showing love and kindness to others in a time right now where people are just, you know, a little angry, a little on edge about the election. But I know that a little bit of kindness can go a long way in our world. So. Keep staying positive, keep showing love to others, and keep trusting God. We will get through all of this, um, but I think there's a lot of good things happening right now. I hope you all are doing well. Until next time, I'm Jack Vita. Bring in the dance of lobsters. <laughs> <laughs>